La moda sostenible. La moda sostenible. Reciclar, intercambiar, reutilizar y ayudar a proteger el planeta. Bienvenidos a María Arrieta en Vivo, con Carolina Chávez y María Yvette Durán, por Pangea Plus. Good morning, everybody. How are you? We are transmitting live from Miami at the Pangea Plus Studios with my collaborator, Maria Yvette Duran, and at the microphone, Carolina Chavez. Today is February Wednesday, 19th, 19th of February of 2020. Very happy at our second edition. How are you, Maria? Very well, Caro. Very happy at our second edition. Very, very happy working really hard for you this week to bring you something enjoyable and something very interesting. We would like to invite you to subscribe at our page www.mariaarrieta.net because we're going to be sending you an email. We're going to be sending you an email at the beginning of the week with the summary of the program, with resources, with everything that we're going to be talking about. And let's remember that this is a program of news and it is important for you to know that all these uh, information, we're bringing them from other publications. So no, whenever we have our own information, we're going to let you know. Today we're going to be sharing all the news that we have found uh, in, in the internet and we're going to share all the publishing publications with the authors, dates and everything. But we want to let you know that all these um, information is from other publications. We're getting sources from all the other parts. Uh, we will ask for you to download the app, Pangeo Plus. You can also find us at the social media in Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as Maria Arrieta Net. That's how you can find us. And very soon, hopefully today, uh, our program will be ready with English subtitulation. It is going to be, it has been a great effort and we're really, we're giving it a lot of effort so that this message can come out. So please let us know how we can make it better because it is important and this is actually the objective or tra translating it into English so we can get to all the Latin girls and everybody at the United States and all around the world. It is also very important that we have also mentioned this at our first program, that if you have um, any interesting topics or if you have any questions or something very specific, something that you would like us to talk about in this microphones, remember that this platform is all yours, this channel is yours, this is your voice. So please share this information. Uh, from last week, we have had a lot of questions, a lot of suggestions, so please use our uh, social media so you can communicate with us, Maria Rieta, Net, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and well, let's begin. We're going to begin with an announcement from our community to our community. Uh, this is for the community of Miami, Miami on site. That's how you can find it in Instagram. It's looking for models. Uh, it really doesn't matter if you have any experience or type of body, age, or sex. So you can come to this casting on Saturday, February 29th from 3 to 7 at 7775 Northwest, 48 Streets, Suites 150 at the Doral. Uh, that's what they did last year on site, the first sustainable fashion show uh, in Miami Beach. And this they are inviting now so that they can come all these models because they have these, uh, their fashion show, they're going to have it uh, the next Earth Day, celebrating the Earth Day in April. 
I'm not really uh, familiar with the date, but uh, we're gonna look it up for you. Um, Miami onsite. You can look for it. You can look for Miami onsite in Instagram and get all the information. This is really nice for them to do a casting for this sustain. This is also sustainable because not not only the perfect, beautiful models can participate, but actually everybody. It's a really good initiative. Very pretty. Short, tall, obese, thin, blonde, all the colors, all the races. Very nice. And this is to highlight what is happening at, in, about sustainable fashion in Miami. So get connected and this is going to be fun. We would like to remind you, all of you, that uh, at our first program, we made some emphasis on the objectives, the 17 objectives of the sustainable development of the United Nations. And we also numbered them. And we would like for you to uh, want to invite you to look at the summary of the program. And so you can take a look at all of them. But I would like to tell you of a big surprise. There was a suggestion about these objectives for them to include the 18th objective. And that would be to include the media. That would be wonderful, fantastic, a great opportunity for, to be able to be at all the sustainable fashion events. And everybody, uh, that all the all this message, that everything that is happening in general can actually come out and be transmitted. That's what it's uh, we're missing. It would be incredible that the United Nations can include to be part of these objectives, so that we can have it in mind, so that it can be something a lot more concrete. And we're in the first row all the communication, the media communication. Well, Maria, tell us what we're going to be talking about. We're going to talk about the Fashion Weeks. It, we're starting the Fashion Weeks. It, it, this is a very hot topic, uh, talking about everything that has to do with fashion. And I want to I tell you that we're going to go a little bit back in history. Where uh, does the first uh, fashion week was born? The first week of fashion was celebrated in New York in 1943. 1943, quite a long time ago, with the objective or divert the attention that was um, all focused in the French fashion during the World War II. When the expert of fashion couldn't travel to Paris for these uh, parades, for these fashion shows uh, because of the war, Eleanor Lambert, the director of the fashion show promotion press organization at the United States, at the New York Three Institute, uh, organized an event called the Editorial Week. She was always organizing this event, but right here, the most important is that she brought together all the American designers back then so that they could take all their creations that had been directed previously and that now had the opportunity to show their collections to the world press, to the fashion press. The buyers couldn't assist the shows, so they only had the option of visiting directly the designers. So the, what we can see here were the samples. Eleanor made this great uh, effort to bring them together, the designers, the media, uh, to make this amazing team so that this is how the week of fashion was born, to put all these parts together. Really, really interesting. And this was in 1943, quite a long time ago. This event was a great success. And magazines, very important fashion magazines like Vogue, we all know that this is very important. They started to show a lot of um, American designs and minimize the, the French. Right after the war, the, the people went back to Paris for the, all the other events like London and Milan. At this moment, these cities were the ones that were controlling the calendar of fashion, like we already knew. So it was something very positive. So it was less traveling, less flying, that it was from New York to London to Milan to Paris in just one month. So they had to travel a lot. It was a lot of work. 
For the foreigner, for the buyers from other countries, these arrangements was uh, really important because of the uh, proximity of these three, three cities. I'm going to tell you from uh, order of importance, I don't know if you should know this, but the fashion show more important, the most important fashion show is the one in Paris, followed by the one in New York, then Milan, and then London in this specific order that I just mentioned. These are called the big, the four big ones. I'm sorry, the big four. We have the Fashion Week in New York. It's also called Mercedes-Benz New York Fashion Week. It was first celebrated in 1943, like we have already mentioned it in history. It was the first to give it form to the concept of these fashion shows organized in a period of time, specific period of time. Initially, it was named after the week of the media, which I loved. This economical impact of the fashion week, dear friends, I'm going to tell you a number that it's going to leave you all astonished. This is uh, fashion impact is that they move approximately $887 million only in the Fashion Week of New York. We haven't talked of any other. We're talking ab about big, huge numbers here. Big power that has the fashion industry. Milan, Milan Fashion Week was um, start, started in 1958, almost 15 years later, and it meant to be the second one in New York, after New York, at this fashion show becoming one of the best in the world. It must be beautiful. So then after we have Paris Fashion Week. This Paris Fashion Week started in 1973, 1973, very long time ago, the French government wanted to make a celebration which benefits will be destined to reno renovate the Versace Palace. That's where it took place for the first time. And after that, it's London Fashion Week, and this was in 1984. That's right. Well, you have a very important fact. And it is the impact that this Fashion Week, because we all know, and we have already mentioned the most important ones, but it's a lot of uh, pressure about talking about the industry, the fashion industry, that this has been taken to other cities around the world. So these four move this amount of money, and we're talking about sustainability. So tell us a little bit about these, how these cities, a lot of cities. Uh, we were very surprised yesterday that we, we found out, we were getting this program ready and taking a look at what the information, well, yes, we're talking about the Fashion Week in New York. It has an estimated impact of $887 million in one week. Generally, these events last between seven and nine days, depending on the city. So this is, back then, uh, Really, there has been a lot of uh, fashion weeks between these, Milan, Paris, and New York. All these fashion weeks that I'm going to mention, they haven't been after. They were during those other fashion weeks. But I was really impressed to realize, to know all these cities that there, there is, that there exists a fashion week. Fashion weeks. And all these uh, weeks, th all these fashion weeks have a very similar, um, I mean, according to the size of each city, uh, they, they are following the same concept, inviting the designers and having a lot of money invested. And well, if all these weeks in all these cities were sustainable, well, that would actually help us educate. That's exactly what we're going to talk about. It. Exactly what we're going to talk about all the impact of the lack of sustainability and how it is like a like an umbrella that waters uh, and influences all these fashion industry and how we repeated how we said it at the, our first program we are all part of the fashion industry because we all get dressed every day so this is part of us we are all part of what is happening and we have to 
we have to make conscious. So this is a, this is part of the great impact that this fashion industry, and I found this list of cities that have a fashion week, and I'm going to repeat. You're going to, you're going to identify your city here, I'm sure, because they're everywhere. I'm reading and I'm going to start. Costa Rica, Amsterdam, Asuncion, Athens, Oakland, Baltimore, Bangkok, Barcelona, Barranquilla, Belgrade, Bellevue, Brooklyn, Berlin, Bucaramanga, Bogotá, Bolivia, Buenos Aires, Cali, Caracas, Sesenta, Charleston, Chicago, Cabo City, City, Cleveland, Columbus, Copenhagen, Schieber, Dubai, Dublin, El Salvador, Florence, Philadelphia, Fort Lauderdale, Frey Bendis, Granada, Guayaquil, Honduras, Hong Kong, Johannesburg, Kingston, Covid, Kuala Lumpur, Lahore, Lagos, Las Vegas, Lisbon, Lima, Liverpool, London, Los Angeles, Madrid, Marbella, Maracaibo, Palmet, Mallorca, Manila, Medellin, Melbourne, Mexico City, Miami, Milan, Montreal, Moscow, Bombay, Nashville, New Delhi, New York, Nicaragua, Oslo, Ottawa, Paris, Panama, East Point, Puerto Rico, Pedro Sanz, Pedro Juan, Puerto Alegre, Pregra, Rio de Janeiro, Rome, Sacramento, San Francisco, Santa Cruz del Sierra, Santiago de Chile, Santo Domingo, Sao Paulo, Sarajevo, Scottsdale, Singapore, Zeron, Seoul, Shanghai, Cities, San Luis, Estocolm, Taipei, Tascan, Tehran, Toronto, Tokyo, Valencia, Viña del Mar, Verstov, why am I mentioning you all these? Every time that there is a fashion week, that's why the one in New York had a lot of success, because every time there is a fashion week, the world press and now celebrities and all these well-known brands, they become in a frenzy to go from one place to another. Generally, there are only two seasons of fashion weeks, one more or less right now at the beginning of the year, spring, that's when they present the season, autumn, winter, and then in October, that's where when they present the other season, spring, winter. Now, they present these collections, and the media go and publish, and the designers get all their collections and everything that's happening there. From there, all the other brands that are not with a very well quality or high standard quality of these fashion weeks, they start to copy all these models that are in or will be in, and I can just mention some of these brands that we're all going to be very familiarized with, Sarah, H&M, Forever 21, all these brands, and a lot more, they start to copy all these that is going to be relevant for the following season. And then I repeat, before they used to do this in two seasons every year. Now all these companies are creating every season per week. So imagine the rhythm that the industry, so that they can have every week a new collection of clothes. And not just the rhythm, but the quantity of human resources, energy, water, chemicals, waste, that all these generates. It is, it is a brutality. So I think that's why I thought it was really important to mention all these cities so we can understand the level of frenzy that this is causing besides all the, the flying, the traveling. So this is crazy. Uh, we have an article that we found that it's called, uh, it's from the TWYG publications. This was published in February 6th of this year, and it was written by Simone Cipriani. The article is called An Industry That Is Not Willing to Change. It talks about the fashion industry and, of course, and what it reflects in these uh, runways, not the fashion weeks. 
I'm going to read. Sorry to interrupt. You had the opportunity to be with Cipriani. Yes, I met him in Rio de Janeiro, and it's a nice guy. I remember because you told me about him when you came back from that trip, because he caused a really great, great impression on you. Because now we're going to talk about him. You're going to tell us about him. But he's like a really nice guy, a really a, a character. And how he gives himself to the people, he's really nice. You can tell us the answers later. Well, I'm going to read. It says, as the new Fashion Week season began, we published, of, we published the opinion of the leader of the ethical fashion who thinks that the fashion weeks represent in the, an industry that is not willing to change. He says that this is an industry that is going to exploit everything it can until it would be impossible to continue with the business. Right here, Cipriani explains why, why he thinks this. Today, we have a new state, without one without territories or institutions, formal institutions, a failed state from the fashion supplier of international change. This declaration is very provocative, of course, but by doing this, I have the intention of transmitting a message a very strong a strong message. The actual state, the chain of the fashion supplier affects the life of a big quantity of people, and it has a, a great impact in our environment. What the sociologists will call wide organizational field that manages important physical resources and human resources to produce goods between within a uh, consumer model, lineal consumption model, without circularity, without recycling, without reusing. But even worse, it doesn't exist real respect for the people involved in this process of production. This is a part of a business model, a structure at the maximization of the profit for the actionists that, that obtained that, that this you get by compressing the cost of two key inputs, people and material. This means that they pay very low wages to the workers, to the people that are, are actually doing our clothes, and the clothes are not of well quality because all of these companies that are mentioning that copy and get collections once a week, this is what they do. They do it really fast and they do it really cheap so that we can buy it very cheap while the owners are millionaires, but, but the ones that are at the bottom of the chain are suffering a lot. A total detriment of uh, how many people to fulfill the pockets of that is not marked and is not right. We're going to be talking about all these, and it's called fair business. We're going to talk about a lot about that. Another of Cipriani's points says that maximizing the inversion through the image and marketing and that we're going to talk about a little bit today. And drastically reducing the time of commercialization, the products are developed, carefully developed through the investigation and design, and then they have to prototype them and produce them the fastest they can. This is, they put in context everything that I have to mention. The frenzy, so that everything is done really fast, so that so that there's there could be a profit so the costs have to be reduced to the maximum point the costs of the material the costs of the labor that total detriment of the environment of the people so, Simon Cipriani is the leader of Ethical Fashion Initiative at the International Trade Center and supervises the promotion of commercial and incubation of micro companies, creative micro companies inside the outcast communities in Africa, in Afghanistan, and Haiti. Nothing, nothing less. So he, he does a great job, really, and he is very nice. Yes, he tells you everything he does in a very. He's very light. He's very. He's very nice. Sustainable. Yes. Well, you also have a lot of uh, some information, very, very valuable information from London. Yes, from the Fashion Week in many places. 
Um, I, the, I think the one in London is about to finish or just start. It was in February 14. So Cipriani's message that I just gave you says that the, the fashion weeks are perpetuating these exaggerated and abusive supply chain. So we found this um, information that is from the industry, oh, well, the people that it's talking about, the sustainability language, were asking for an event. This was a very pretty event that Global Fashion Exchange organized, which is a company. It is an organization, an initiative in Spanish that says the global interchange of fashion. They associated with these design this is in London, okay, during, during three days from the 14th to the 16th of February. Yes, those days, inside the Fashion Week in London with the designer Patrick McDowell, the British Fashion Council, and Swarovski to do an exchange shop or swap shop. So the idea was to invite people to bring their used clothes. And with the designer and with Swarovski and other collaborators, created a line of clothes for a runway without making, without using a single raw material from zero. It was a very, very successful initiative. Right here we have the publishing from The Guardian that Mariana Merida, the fashion editor, that he she published it in February 14, had a lot of success. They, they made an entire collection for a runway, crystallized, that's how they called it, crystallized, from, from used clothes with Swarovski with used clothes. They were reusing bridge resources. There's nothing 100% sustainable. It is impossible, but you know, nothing, nothing from from raw material. The raw material, it's something that was already created. It was a great success uh, for the media. The media was really concentrated on this so that we can actually do it. So our swap party, our next swap party, we hope to have a lot of designers and a lot. And the director or the leader of the Global Fashion Exchange, this organization of global exchange of the fashion, he organizes all around the world these swap parties, you know? So what we made our swap party, because if you get into this page, they have everything there, they have the checklist to use it, it's very simple. It, there are certain things that, that you have to know, that you have to follow, so you can make the party, uh, to have a successful party. We're going to give you the page, it, but um, this, is, this is his topic. He goes all around the world. He goes to, he's from New York. I think he lives in California. I'm not sure, but I met him in Rio de Janeiro. I also saw him in Berlin last year. So he, it is very interesting because his organization has grown a lot and has gotten a lot of acceptance in the topic of exchange shops. The one that we organized was something very small, very nice, but, but he organizes with, with other companies, with other, with designers. Well, this is, this is the idea. This is what I've always wanted to organize, organize something with enough relevance so we can invite, you know, his name is Patrick Duffy. So we can invite him because he's got the message. He has the message perfectly clear, you know. He's a great spokesman of all these sustainable fashion topic. So in this week's looking for information of these fashion weeks, we found that the one in London a lot, two ideas, a 
appeared that I thought that I really liked very much in uh, talking about recycling, you know, how to uh, convert weeks of fashion in messages of sustainability. So I found this um, information that says one designer made hangers. He used hangers. The, the ones we use to hang our clothes, made of 100% recycling marine plastic. And then another service there says that when your shoes or your bags, you don't want them anymore, they provide the service to encourage the customers to restore and so you can reuse your shoes, your clothes uh, longer. It's like a daycare, but not to go very far. Uh, we can talk in our countries, for example, in Colombia. I remember when your shoes were uh, broken or uh, and you want to use them again. So it was from a good brand or not very good brand, but it was your favorite shoes. Uh, you would take them to the shoemaker, your trusted shoemaker. So I would take my three pairs of shoes and I would like for them to be fixed. And we were, without being conscious, we were actually helping to the sustainability topic because the buckle fell so I would buy some shoes so I think it's really fun because in all the countries in Latin America you would actually work in that topic right here for example at the United States uh, it's very expensive the workforce so for that reason it is um, cheaper to buy a new pair of shoes than to fix it so then we can work of that topic, obviously, by creating a small industry or the medium industry for those companies that exist in determined zones and, this, and tell them, well, with a very low cost, I can bring you all my shoes and you can fix them. Well, that's very interesting. That's like becoming in. That's what we would say in the last program. There's nothing new, nor the pros, nor the cons. Nothing is new. The topic is that it is now making an impact, an environmental visible impact. There are numbers, there are statistics. The impact is visible. So the topic of repairing shoes, I think it's new, but, but now that you mention it, it's not that new, really. But I think that the convenience has made that we waste that. You know, the convenience of, well, I need shoes, I get the phone, and, the, and then in two days, you get your shoes, or I didn't like them, they were not useful, you can just take them back. Well, that convenience. It's not very it's not very convenient. Well, we follow with we go on with London. We have another uh, publishing from the Guardian Media. This publishing was given in February 10th of 2020 of this year by the Jed Violet Branding. The heading of these publications says that we need to feel urgency. The model, Arizona Muse, is making a campaign for the revealing of extinction. Right here, they tell us that the, this model is encouraging the, the customers to invest in practices of sustainable clothes before the Fashion Week of London. This is a, 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 an article that had passed. But it is important to mention it because we're uh, talking about this topic. Through her career as a model, um, Arizona Muse has walked in the in the runways of Chanel, Prada, and Tom Ford, and has starred publicitary companies for Card Lagerfeld. Louis Bouton. Yet now, she is starting a new video for a group of activists, uh, weather extremists called Extinction Rebellion, challenging the spectators to buy, reuse, and change and rebel against your clothes. Why? Because, like she says, the essential of this season is to the continuation of life on Earth. It is simple. I think that the simple is the most important. The simple is the truth. So it is simply to be able to continue on Earth, that we could be able to breathe and leave a better legacy to our kids. The video was published February 10th before the Fashion Week in London, and it presents animals in danger of extinctions. 
and as the melting of the ice caps and the fury of the forest fires. This is the last try for the fashion wing of the Extinction Rebellion to challenge the industry. And like the news says, it's in crisis. I like it very much. And well, a little bit about the article. According to the foundation, Helen MacArthur Foundation, the global emissions of the textile production surpass the carbon print from the flights, international flights and shipping combined. They, they manufacture between 80 and 100 billions of pieces of clothes, and it is estimated that 140 millions of pounds of clothes are destined to dumps just in the United Kingdom. We're talking about the, only the United Kingdom. The fashion industry is also contributing to the deforestation and shortage of water. The new video focuses on the responsibility of the buyer. It, this video is going to be this model. It explains that when we buy clothes, we have decisions. We're making decisions about the future of the planet. We're talking about and how you and I are contributing to the weather change. Extension Rebellion, it's a net of leaders, international, decentralized internationally, without any political association that uses direct action, no violent, and civil disobedience to pursue aid, all the governments to act in a fair manner about the climate emergency and ecological emergency. Uh, we can we can see again this public figure. This model is using his public figure to do something good and proactive to our planet, to a better living. And it's nice through that all of us can become together with this cause. We can come back and repeat what happened in the Oscars that with this image, uh, there could be a greater impact. Little by little, this message is more and more and more outside. Uh, in London, there's a lot of manifestations against the, the normal system of the Fashion Week. A lot of manifestations. These, this organization, Extension Rebellion, has been uh, manifesting for years outside. They make funerals outside the runways. Uh, they go to uh, places with the runways, and the last one was with the blood, and they, they put blood on. I don't have all the information in my head right now, but they have been manifesting since last, uh, for a lot of years, with the intention, and actually right now they want to sabotage the whole fashion week. They're asking the organizers that this Fashion Week will not happen until they change not just a little, not just a little runaway or just something little, sustainable, small thing here or an isolated event. No, they have to change the whole concept of the London Fashion Week. In Europe, there's more initiative. There are a lot of things happening over there. It's um, older. It is older. It, it is also the fashion maker. It, it takes a lot of relevance in all the economic industry. And the fashion economical industry is very strong. So that's why that's why also the people see it closer. It's very touchable. They are becoming aware. Uh, for example, this organization, I have heard in all the parts of the world, but this is very strong. Yes, and they have done it for a lot of years. People that are very involved in the sustainable fashion, they know perfectly well who they are. It's mainstream media, like we said last week, it's, it's more of the masses, what they do in in, in, in uh, isolated events. It's really, they're really strong with this topic. Um, this is what we mentioned, the impact that these uh, fashion weeks, they are glamorous, they're fun, you see pretty people and you see spectacular things and that you can still have, 
but we're with sustainable fashion in a manner with a different message. Right now, the message is to consume, to consume, to consume. And like I said, it's like a, an umbrella that waters the whole year with consumism. And we're all gonna go there, and we're gonna we're not gonna stop getting dressed, but we could we could do it differently. Well, that's the idea. We have a publication from CNVC from February eighth of this year for Emma new weather the heading it's uh, clothes designed to become trash strong very strong it says the fashion industry deals with the contamination and problems of waste we follow with the same topic and you you can hear us dear friends well, we're gonna have to mention it and you will hear it a thousand times because this is now the big problem the waste the trash that is happening the article starts with three extremely important points that I'm going to read. It says, the fashion industry that is worth $2.5 billion is, is one of the industries that contaminates the most and the second major consumer of water. The other point is that the principal problem is that the most of the, of the fabric of these cheap clothes are synthetics, like the polyester, that it's uh, from the production of the oil. Different from the wool or the cotton, the, part, the synthetic particles are not biodegradable. So when the clothes, when you throw the, the, the clothes to the trash, the synthetic fabrics, toxic synthetic fabrics, contaminate the waters, the water resources. Everything is connected. It says the growing demand of sustainable clothes that that it's less damaging for the environment could be a catalyzer for the change of the fashion industry. According to a survey, a recently surveyed, dear friends, 62% of the consumers of the Z generation, those, of, those who were born after 1995, prefer to buy sustainable brands. This is very interesting and very nice that they are updated. They're asking for more, they're paying more attention. Remember that they are in the topic that the communications and everything around them is talking about the climate change, climate crisis. Uh, they are much more aware of the topic and of course uh, making decisions with other things they have like a, a chip. They come with a different chip, with another conscious. Uh, the pressure of the consumers with the contamination of the industry has taken companies like Nike or like H&M, announced plans to reduce the carbon emissions and use recycled material. In the meantime, the minerists, uh, the greater minerists, the ones that you mentioned, are also dealing with the used clothes. Last week, Nostrum launched a, a resale uh, clothes, obeying the demand of the consumers for uh, sustainable options. I mean, we are actually generating a change with those big brands. We're going to go little by little little seed by little seed. Besides talking about the production of more sustainable uh, of the emission, gases emissions and the effect of the green, the greenhouse effect, the world the fashion industry is in change. It's in the way of changing 50% by 2030. Uh, as the dema world demand of clothes, it says that the fashion industry is going to generate the fourth part of the carbon print of the world carbon print. This is a big number. This is incredible, Stanley Michael says, Stanley Jones, Michael Stanley Jones says, for the sustainable fashion. He said, this industry is not going into the right direction. It says, the necessity of selling more and more, producing more and achieving more that they, for the consumers to buy more, it's still the DNA of the industry. The clothes have a very short, useful life and end up in the trash. He added, it needs to have a change. The change has to continue. I'm sorry to interrupt. This is 
vital, the necessity of selling more and more and produce more and accomplish that the consumers can buy more continues being the DNA of the industry. How can we transform the DNA of the industry? How? It is a gigantic effort about consumers, of leaders of the industry, of opinions, different opinions. It should be a really big effort together. It's an urgent because we're, the word is urgency. It's, it is the DNA, and when we talk about the DNA, it's deep. It's the beginning of everything. I was saying also that the fashion uh, industry is the greatest consumer of water uh, at the global level, enough to satisfy the necessities of 5 million people every year. I start thinking about a lot of movies about unhealthy and the lack of water and the and all and the fashion industry, unfortunately, giving their um, their small effort so that it keeps happening. The fast fashion, it's guilty, and we keep insisting. The, rap, the fast fashion, the world big brands, they want to lower the, co the cost of clothes, and they produce constantly produce and the rotation of the inventory to offer the consumers new designs, new collections uh, in very few weeks. And we're talking about 52 weeks. And this involves a lot of um, topics, all of them talking about sustainability. But it's also talking about resources, labor. I was reading something yesterday that says a reporter got uh, to work undercover undercover in one of these factories in Asia where they make the clothes for brands like Benetton or H&M, etc. And she went undercover and she says that her boss was a nine-year-old. And you know why they hired when they're nine years old, because they don't complain, because they ask for less, because they see better, and because they have small hands, so they can work in some details of the sewing details. Wow. So this is total exploitation of minor exploitation. And uh, I repeat, this is a very complex problem. In Asia, there are a lot of horror stories. And I can just imagine it's, it, this happens also in a lot of places around the world, but most of them are in Asia. There are complete cities of the textile industry. Of the money that really enters these cities is um, mostly from the textile industry. So, it, yes, they're very poor, and the exploitation that these generate for the countries. Well, the topics are really interesting that the time has passed flying. Every day, every program, time passes by really fast. And what other thing do we have to share with our friends? This last article, it's called, We're Being Fooled by the Fashion Words of Sustainability. It was published in February 3rd, 2020 by Camilla Van Strupper, Hank Stratton, uh, from the publication twyg.co.za. It is a question, the heading is a question. Are we being fooled by the fashion sustainable words? So I'm going to read a little bit, and then we talk about it. Um, as soon as we become more conscious of the climate change, our role in the protection of the environment, we see a lot of companies producing products 
denominated ethical and ecological, but are these authentical or are these just uh, intelligent sellers that are adapting their messages to a new whale of consumisms? How can we identify the greenwashing? Greenwashing is a, uh, it's, it's a, it's brainwashed in ecological matters. Uh, they're like fooling from one way or another. Uh, you have the perfect article because they tell you how they're doing it. Yes, it says four important points. One of them is the promotion, that the promotion lies. The other one is the paradox of the prices, the myth of the quality, and the invisible processes. Basically, the article talks about how these companies are talking about ecological sustainability clothes and all these terms. It's very explicit to sell more without doing really absolutely nothing. And last we were talking about transparency. And we're going to be talking about that. It, topics and keywords in all in all your language and our program. There's a very nice article that you mentioned and you've uh, sent it in the podcast about transparency and it's uh, about the deepest thing I found. Um, I found out that the blazer that I'm wearing is from this brand called Everline and his, uh, let's say, their flag is the transparency. And today I found an article that they just published that they are having a lot of problems because they, they started 10 years ago, obviously in a lower scale, but they have been doing really good with the topic of everything organic and they take care take care of these of the whole cycle of sustainability and transparency. And, and now I read an article, today in the morning I read an article that said that they are in trouble because the employees are complaining that they don't have any benefits as the company offered them. So the theory seems that, that they have been doing so good and they have been growing that it just went out of their hands some of the aspects because it's not the same thing to, to manage uh, 10 employees than 100, that, that's 1,000, that the production. Um, another program for this topic, it's also going to be very interesting. And we, we could have a two or three hour program, it's not going to be enough. Very interesting and pretty to inspire all of you. Thank you very much. I think this is the time to say goodbye for today. Until next Wednesday, it has been, um, we loved to share with you all this information. Carolina Chavez, Maria Veturan, right here at the microphone, please. Download the app, Pangea FM. We're going to be transmitting uh, through Pangea Plus. Uh, remember to subscribe to our page so you, can, so you can receive all the resources and a summary of everything we have talked about in the program. And you can, off, you, you can also find us in our social media at mariaafrieta.net. And I'll see you next Wednesday here at noon at Pangea Plus.